Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, it is wild card weekend on the Nye. And in a gambling Twitter space full of wild cards, one stands above the rest. Oh, that's hilarious. We, we reached out to him to be a guest on this week's podcast. Uh, friend of the pod, uh, draft, uh, prop, handicapper, extraordinaire. Uh, this is the kind of guy that uh, gives uh, gives bookies a tough time sleeping at night because they know they're going to hang props that are soft and they're going to get smashed and... He's going to share him with his uh, loyal following. Welcome back to the deep dive. None other than Uncle Joey Kanish. Gentlemen, no place I'd rather be <laughs> on Wild Guard Weekend Prep than at the bottom of the submarine grinding out a few uh, Wild Card props, talking NFL with you, DeGen. Good to be back. Uh, I haven't talked to you guys in a while on here. Happy to be back um, and excited to deep uh, get get into it. This is huge, man. I don't think we've talked to you since you made your big uh, debut on TNT. I'm I'm so glad you just, you didn't big time us. <laughs> no, you know, I thought about asking for uh, you know an appearance fee, but since we're all good here, you know, we're friends here. That uh, you know, I didn't want to, especially since you know recently uh, my uh, my brand is taking a hit. So I, I'm surprised you guys had me on. I didn't know if I'd be allowed on media airwaves anymore, but uh, it's good. To yeah, have, yeah, it's good yeah. to have a podcast that uh, that appreciates the, the man of the people still. And uh, yeah, let me yeah. on here. So no, just good a good uh, good PR move. Come on. <laughs> Good. Try, to, try, to get, try to get some goodwill with the people again. Yeah, it's yeah. like one of those NBC sit-downs where after somebody, you know, screws up, then they're like, you know, well, how did you feel? And I'm like, you know, I was just, I was just so sad, you know, sort of the so. I don't no, know. It's yeah. good to uh, get back here, you know, where it all started. I just think of the Hugh Grant interview. That's that's the one that went to mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I slept with her. She's a prostitute. <laughs> that, was, that was the best one. Oh, shucks. But yeah, wild card for wild card weekend. This is perfect. Yeah, it, feels, yeah, yeah. it feels like there's more, maybe there's more pressure because these games, the lines are going to be tied, or if, if you want to say that. I didn't think so when they came out. There was a bunch of shitty lines, actually. <laughs> that was, but, shot, that, was that shocking to you? That yeah, not there were some shocking lines. I don't get it. Not only how it, the, the lines, but who, like, the, 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 wild, or the last Sunday night game ends. It's, you know, whatever, 11 p.m. First of all, the AFC games don't come out early, and it's 11 p.m., 11.30 Eastern time, and for 10, 15 minutes there, nothing. Like, the board yeah, is quiet. Yeah. Nobody wants to open these. And then all of a sudden, you get these rogue openers in Jersey and, you know, at five dimes that are three points, four points off. And like, what is going on? I, I, honestly, what's your it. opinion? You, do you have an opinion on why this happened? Because I, watching it live, I was like, what, what is going on? Like, your commentary on it, I thought was spot on. I, I, I honestly, I was expecting, you know, usually, uh, Westgate is one in Vegas that kind of prides himself with NFL on being up pretty early. So I was expecting they they would have AFC ready to go um, at like, you know, as soon as before even the Sunday night game, since AFC was already locked, then the entire Sunday night game plays out. Nothing happens there. Westgate doesn't post. Chris doesn't post. 
And, and honestly, I'm not complaining because it worked out uh, for some of us that were able to grab, you know, some of these outward line where you're expecting. And I made a joke that, you know, monkeys could set an NFL playoff line. Apparently not because <laughs> a couple of these were just, you know, completely rogue, insane, yeah. uh, awesome mark lines. So, I mean, not a lot of that stuff was, was kind of smaller limit, but it even it, it was just kind of a, a wild scene there for 20 minutes, just, just waiting to see what was going to happen. So, yeah, that was that was awkward. I, I was surprised to see it play out that way. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, even the widely available lines when they eventually did come up the the Minnesota New Orleans total. I mean, it was painted at forty six. That's touching fifty yep. soon. I mean, pinnacle <laughs> is pinnacle is juiced heavily to the over on forty nine and a half right now. It's it's going to get to fifty. There was actually a soft opener somewhere at forty four and a half. There, the Tennessee yep. New England they had a soft opener at forty and a half somewhere. That's already at 44, 44 and a half. I mean, some of the, some of the totals were way off. Like you said, I mean, you you've got that uh, Seattle plus three in your pocket. I had I grabbed, I grabbed the money line at a plus number on Seattle, which is silly. And I mean, even just the I saw you took a Buffalo plus three and a half, which you can get it on yeah. both sides. I think you did get on both sides of the three there. It, it it felt like before, you know, you said that dead period or even all afternoon, I was thinking about it like, man, these lines are going to be tight. This is going to be tough. Am I going to even have a bet? Is there anything <laughs> worth playing? And, and, you know, you have that and then maybe a little bit of relief because also you're not looking at 16 games. You only have to yeah. look at a few. And then it's like, oh, shit, I'm hitting all these. Everything. Yeah. Everything looks good. <laughs> I've got a bet in all four games now. I, it's I mean, we were t- thinking about it and talking about it way before the game started. You know, like, like in the halftime pod on the Seattle uh, Niners game, like we were hitting like what we thought the totals were going to be. Like, obviously, other people were, too. And I, it was shocking that they were so far off uh, where they I mean, just the movement between the uh, the soft openers and then what uh, Chris ended up hanging and taking, you know, five, five, three K, like what, what I would consider more like the true opener. Uh, mm-hmm. they were still, you know, four points on some totals, like that, like three, three and a half points on the Seattle side, like that. That was very, very shocking. Um, especially because they had a market to look at for Seattle, Philly. That's a month old. Like this isn't, this shouldn't be rocket science. There would they, the market told you the difference between these two teams one month ago, and there isn't a whole hell of a lot that's changed. So, no, the Philly's more injured. <laughs> But I don't know. It, it, it's you know I'll, I'll give you know it, there's a lot going on this time of year. A lot of people in and out for holidays. Uh, a lot of uh, you know a lot of considerations across the board with uh, uh, you know college. Ba- you know, Jombos is just burying the books in college basketball. So you know there, there's a lot going on that uh, you kind of have to give them a little bit of a break here. So uh, and that was being facetious, by the way. The uh, but yeah, I guess before we get into it too deep into these wild cards, uh, there it is college bowl season. Uh, you are running uh, the what do you, what do you call it the uh, Nish Invitational? The Knish Invitational. The Kanish, sorry, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. The Knish Invitational uh, and uh, <laughs> Fun Bowl Pool saved it saved me some money this this year. I'm below 500. If I were actually betting these games, I would be taking a bet. But instead, I'm participating in this uh, friendly little degenerate, degenerate competition where I have no business handicapping college football, but it's been fun to have a little skin in the game. It's been fun to watch some of these bowls. What is uh, any major takeaway so far? Any favorite moments uh, so far in this uh, bowl cycle? Nah, you know, I, I've, I, one of those, yeah, the biggest bet I had um, by a long shot was North Carolina. And that was one of those extreme bets where you know, they absolutely smashed them. Um, so that was kind of the, the favorite part of me. I, every place I went and on Twitter was saying North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. 
Um, it, it was the only bowl I had, you know, what you would consider a, a sizable, sizable action on. Um, so that was a nice moment. I think the, the, the bowl season in general, um, the quality of, of content with, with a lot of the players sitting in the preparation has, has really demeaned, you know, you're, you're kind of hoping for those playoff games to really come through. So I think a couple of the, the key games have been fun. You know, a couple of decent games today, Wisconsin, Oregon, Minnesota, Auburn. Um, but overall, I, I think this in the last few years, you've seen it where bowl season, I, I think it's much more plus EV to bet on these days, a much more of an information market. Um, but at the actual consumption is not as uh, not as quality yeah. as it once was. I think the, just the caring and then the fans and the players. It's just it doesn't really mean what it used to in a lot of places. Um, but for, on the gambling side of things, it's uh, I, I just if, if you're willing to stay up on the market and be uh, information trading, it, it can be a uh, a solid market to get involved in. Yeah, no, that was all well said. Uh, looking at the bowl standings here in the Knish Invitational, this thing is wide open. It is. It is absolutely <laughs> wide open. I wish. Um, I don't know. You know, a couple of people that are in the the top ten here. I'm glad they joined. I don't know. You know, a number of them. For our buddy J Maz is right there. Yeah, he is back. knocking on the door. Um, he's right there. Uh, the Sports Cruncher, a guy who uh, he doesn't uh, not too active on Twitter anymore, but my guy Paulie Compton, um, he's up there in the top ten. Uh, you know, a couple of the OGs are hanging around you know i've got some side action with a number of people um in this so that's that's going all right i'm mid-pack i know uh andy's doing a little better than me but you know we're probably out of the the big money race but it's tight you know i can see why we we wanted to make it real simple and take away the confidence rating but i can see from uh you know trying to separate the pack type of thing why why people do confidence ratings because you know there you've got you know you, you get this where you've got you know 30 people within three games of the, you know, first place here coming down the stretch. So oh, um, huge. yeah, it's yeah. going to be a, a fight to the finish. Yeah. Andy, you're looking pretty good, man. Uh, Dong hammer 69 is in the top to 20. St- getting ready to strike. You're down four. I, just, I need <laughs> Baylor in the over tonight. Baylor in the over. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, I guess, and you know, in, in, have you, in, have you watched yeah. many of the bulls whale? Like Me? have you had, have you had a favorite moment? Yeah, you remember I watched LSU, o- OSU, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Clemson, OSU. Now Clemson, OSU was incredible. LSU, Oklahoma. I was I was uh, glued to my chair. Those were fantastic drama. The LSU just putting on an absolute spectacle was fantastic. And then, uh, yeah, that uh, Clemson, o- uh, Ohio State game was, that was uh, a good game. Was freaking sick, man. The intensity was so so high. You know, you could you could feel it. It was. Awesome. Um, what did you think of that, uh, Kanish? Did uh, the rightful team win? That was that was it was a tough one for Uncle Kanish because I, I had a uh, you know a piece of Ohio State plus three. I thought it was a great you know like you said phenomenal game. One of those that you know going into the game, I even tweeted out that I thought you know the line would be inflated. I took a little bit of uh, Ohio State on a look ahead, which I'm glad Boy did in the end because I would have been a little higher now afterwards in the market. But it was just a 12 round blood. I mean, you probably saw a dozen guys walk off or limp off the field or get helped by the training staff at some point in that game. Um, mm. That was just a straight, you know, knockout battle. Um, and one of those that, I mean, I, there's lucky there's a two week break. Cause that's one of those, that I, if it was just a one week break, um, I, I think could have had a significant impact going into the championship game and put the you know the winner at Clemson at that point at a huge disadvantage. So I think they'll be uh, obviously a little better with the two weeks, but it was 
a lot of key guys dinged up um, and a tough game to come off the bat, especially when you had LSU basically go through a scrimmage against Oklahoma, um, not have anybody on the injured list has gotten healthy. So, uh, you know, I can see why the market um, is very, very bullish, uh, at least the early market on LSU. Hmm. What do you think, Andy? You, and what do you think of Clemson in the uh, title game? You or Do you well, have they, an opinion? They, I think it's going to be one of those where it's the, the optics of the LSU beatdown. You know, that's uh, kind of going to be what's affecting that line. It should be a lot closer, I think. LSU is really, really good. But, yeah, that line is a little high, I think. And Clemson absolutely has a has an absolute chance to win another one. I, I'm not going to bet it. I've I've bet wrong on every time Clemson's been in the title game. Sure. Uh, even even the one they didn't win, I had Alabama covering. I think that was the where they got backdoored at the end and they didn't cover the eight oh, and a half right. or whatever it was. I, right. I can't get right on that one. So I'll just uh, I'll cheer for I'll cheer for a good game. I'll just bet it in the bowl pool. I'll flip a coin on that one. I can't do it. Mm, my favorite. Okay. Did you watch my guys today, though? <laughs> they were rowing the boat, man. They were rowing the guy. Boy, hung, they hung it, hung one. Uh, yeah, finally, somebody doing good by the Big Ten. Yeah, there was that was like a, a what's the guy's name? The DT for Auburn. Joey, help me. Brown. Oh, Derek Brown. Oh, stud. The receiver from Minnesota had 200 yards. Tanner Morgan. Uh, the the Heisman campaign starts now. The Bateman Blitnikoff campaign. It's uh, probably probably winning the West again next year. I'm calling it Cole West champions, even though they didn't really win it. Mm. Mm. Well, congratulations right. on the success for your Gophers, man. Uh, I guess uh, speaking of the national title game, I have a couple specific questions here for our guest. Um, you follow this along pretty closely, and for a lot of sort of the home stretch of the season, it was expected that Ohio State was going to be number one. Uh, and so there was a lot of look ahead lines out there, a lot of people floating numbers on LSU Clemson. And I feel like the favorite has flipped. Wasn't Clemson supposedly going to be either short, you know, short favorite or, you know, maybe, maybe a small dog. And now we're looking at yep. uh, almost a touchdown. No, yeah, no, a lot of the look ahead stuff was, was, you know, right around pick, you know, like Clemson minus two and a half minus one, you know, depending on, on where you got it. It's just tough. Um, you know, to look at the body of work now, when you sit back and you look at the, the wins LSU has and the, in the fashion they've beaten some of these teams, um, compared to what you've seen in the ACC in bowl season, which is overall pretty poor performance. Um, and Clemson basically, you know, not having a lot of standout dubs there that you can sit back and lean back on coming off of the fact that Clemson, you know, was off that 12 round battle versus Ohio state, a couple of their key players, especially on the wideouts got nicked up. Um, I think they'll be good to play. Um, but they had a few key guys actually go down in that, in that game. For few weeks. Um, and I think they should play, but, but obviously not, you know, optimal going into it. And just, you've got, so is the line, you know, a touch inflated for me? Yes. Is it something that I, I'm looking at and saying, you know, if you can get a Clemson six, is it to play the century? No. I, 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 I think it's a small amount inflated of where I thought it would be, but fading this LSU team who basically came off a of scrimmage is completely healthy, is the best team in the country going against Clemson, who was off a battle, is a little nicked up, and I think is, I, I, I don't know, just looking up a little bit in terms of just the overall talent roster to LSU anyway, I'm not in love with, with 
you know, thinking that you're getting the the deal of a lifetime with a little bit of an inflation on Clemson here. It would, mm. like I said, I told people it'd be a small play for me if I was if I had nothing on this game. You know, I can see uh, a couple of the square shops have a Clemson six six and a half even, um, and that's that's fine for a small play. Not something that I would say is going to be a uh, you know a play of the century or an absolute like you know banger type of deal. It's it's just a hard team to get in front of, especially situationally. I think yeah, it, play play of the decade would be because <laughs> we'd, we'd be like six, yeah, a lot, lot more chances. A lot yeah. more chances of that. Yeah, yeah, no, but, yeah I can yeah. blow this one and I got yeah, ten more years. So <laughs> long time to pay your bookie when you're to play of the decade. The um, <laughs> but yeah, the the I, I noticed you had you have an LSU future. It's a hell of a it's a hell of a price. Uh, and yet you did come back shooting for the middle here, right? Yeah, you know, I did take, um, you know, part of it was I, I just was trying to get paid off on it. Um, I still get that. Do I think LSU wins? Yes. Um, mm. You know, in the basically in the single instance in that case where I was sitting where if you've got that kind of price on a money line where I had 33 to one early, there was some plus 195 plus 200s out there on Clemson. I just took a third off of the win um, and put it on Clemson and just to sit back and not have to worry, you know, there's some chance I could I look for a little richer number live or something like that or let it ride. But it was one of those um, just decided to, to, to pay myself off on it um, and go from there. So it was a personal mm. decision. I could see if, if, you know, if you've got LSU at a, you know, a lesser number, um, just letting it ride. I, I do think they win. So if, you know, if you've got more of, you know, in the 10 to 1, 8 to 1, 12 to 1, 6 to 1, something like that, um, that'd be more where I'd have to say just, just let it ride in the plus EV position there. Mm. Yeah, we're not going to call you a giant pussy for hedging out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, I mean, you, you do make a pretty good point about hedging. Like when you have a big yeah, number. Yeah, there's value like, on that. When, when it's come Clemson. down. Yeah. Or, like yeah, if, if you were sitting on an eight, eight, you know, six, eight, ten to one, you let something like that probably ride. But yeah, yeah, it would it would suck to get such a good number and just watch watch you get nothing out of no, it. No, but even more even than that, LS, LSU has paid you a little. Even more than that, though, you said it in your commentary. Like, there's value on the Clemson line. Like, it's like LSU is inflated. Oh, yeah. Like there and there's this is all very kind of you know, sociology, psychology, one hundred and one, like. You just saw them score 10 touchdowns and they didn't even look like they were trying. You know, they could have gone for a hundred. It felt like, um, for sure. yeah, yeah, it was a wild game. Okay. Uh, well, I don't have a whole lot of other commentary other than I do agree with you. LSU probably wins. And my, my decision-making is mostly because I think, uh, uh, Davo Sweeney not coaching super sharply. I did not love his decision-making in that Ohio state game. If he goes back, uh, to some of those kind of, you know, some of those decision points and, you know, replays them uh, in this uh, upcoming matchup, their, their toast. Um, so anyway, let's move to the, uh, the professional ranks uh, where the real men play and uh, talk about some of these games. Andy, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Saturday at what? 435 Eastern. We got our first one, Buffalo, Houston. This has been just watching injury reports all week. It's, been my life is watching honestly all these games but this one's been nasty uh kind of a questionable call i thought letting some of the starters play in the buffalo game and then levi wallace gets hurt but he's playing or he's practicing he was out on the field day to day and then houston i guess you're watching everybody tonsil watt fuller roby i mean the super important parts all limited today i took some houston two and a half because i feel like 
I can pull a reverse Kanish here and probably get three, if if not three and a half on the on the tournament, because I think the public's going to be with Houston on this one, and it'll probably be back up to three later on if I'm not feeling good about my injury play. But uh, yeah, at the two and a half with Fuller practicing, I had to take it. I was peer pressured into that, <laughs> Mister. <laughs> Mr. Kanish, and also, I did want to bring this up, too. We were talking about this right before we got our guest on the air. Uh, last year, we had four, four starters, quarterbacks, that started their first NFL game. And this is, it's not super actionable angle, but it's something to bring into view. Lamar, Deshaun, Mitch, and Patrick all started their first playoff games last year. Only one of them covered. And... Christ, it's Patrick Mahomes. What are you going to do? They almost, you know, they almost <laughs> went to the Super Bowl. This year we have three of those, which is kind of a weird deal saying Carson Wentz is going to start his first playoff game. But uh, it's true. And then uh, Tannehill and Allen. Actually, uh, isn't uh, – is there thought, not a fourth? Tanny, I have oh, Tanny the, Allen. No, Tanny Allen a, yeah, get, there is a fourth, but he doesn't play till next week. Yep, yeah. No, just wild card weekend, Wentz, Tannehill, Allen. So you got Road Dog here going to Houston, starting his first playoff game, but he's got huge hands. <laughs> what do we think, Joey? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you know a lot of what you said. I, when it early came out, was able to nip a little bit of a three and a half. I had this more in the two and a half range, um, so figured that 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 wouldn't last too long. I thought it was, you know, was a half point high, would settle in around three. You saw it slide over to two and a half. Um, and then basically I saw the same thing. You saw that. I don't know how effective JJ Watt can be, um, but if it, it doesn't hurt. Um, and then you had Will Fuller again. That that was the big one. Um, when you're just talking about how effective Houston's offense can be. And you look at some of the splits with him in there and him not, and what it you know gives them in terms of the deep threat. Also, you know, was talking to, you know, some of the Kanishi Moles during the week um, of, of somebody that I knew that uh, has some influence that was going to move on Houston when it was sitting two and a half. Um, so that, that was the decision point for me was same thing where, you know, I'm, I already traded a, a plus EV position at three and a half. I know that you that two and a half minus 110 um, wasn't going to be around for much longer. Um, so that was just uh, the sell point for me, if not, especially with the injuries and in flux of not wanting to take, you know, uh, too much of exposure on either side here of, of just buying some back on Houston. Uh, and I, I agree with you on the market move where the closer we get to game time, I think this probably pops back to where it, it'll close, you know, three, maybe a couple of sites will have, uh, you know, a juice three and a half on the square sites. But it, it's tough for me right now to have too much of a, of a strong lean with where the injuries are. But I think uh, this is one of those you, you more play the market a little bit um, with the lower total get some two and a half now, maybe trade a little bit back live if you can, if you can get to lead um, and kind of let the uh, the market work for you here uh, and set yourself up. Yeah, you you mentioned those splits. I, I did find that tweet. We brought it up on Sunday and I, was, I wasn't at a computer, but it's uh, Kevin Cole over at yeah. TFF. Friend of the pod. Yep, friend of the pod. This is the the tweet I was referring to, the his EPA, which expected points added per play with Fuller on the field. 78 and 0.2. That's like elite. That's like elite. elite. It's it's an elite number. If if you don't, you know, fully get into the analytics stats, that's a good, a good healthy number. And then with, with Watson playing and fuller off the field, it's a negative number, which means (laughs) (laughs) those plays are actually resulting in the team scoring less. 
than zero. <laughs> that is an, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's an incredible thing. You know, nobody thinks of Will Fuller in those, you know, if you just bring up to, you know, Will Fuller to a casual, you wouldn't think of him in those terms of, you know, making it from an elite offense to, you think that was like a Randy Moss split of him out there, you know, in his prime, but that is a wild split considering the, just who it is. Sure. And I, I think uh, it all comes down to Hopkins, really. Right. I mean, like we all agree uh, DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the league. Right. Like no one questions that. Um, right. But if you put two hats on him, you know, he's not going to beat you with speed. He's not, you know, he's not going to create separation if you can, you know, if you can dedicate two uh, players in your secondary to him. Uh, you know, like right. his plus, his pluses are he's just got an impossibly good catch radius and he catches everything. Right. And so I think if you have two guys on Hopkins, you're either, preventing Watson from going to him because he's not open or you're not, he's not getting the yards after catch that he would if, you know, he was getting, you know, if you had a guy single covering and, you know, I, this is an interesting matchup I think for Hopkins is because Trey white, I have him graded out as, as good as Stefan Gilmore tied for, you know, top uh, DB across the league this year. Like he was absolutely impossibly good. He was, he was, he took a leap this year career wise that I didn't expect and I think he, you know, when people kind of point to the Buffalo defense and they're like, oh, this defense is great. Like, look how good they are. Like this past defense is sick. Well, I think it's kind of in the same way that, you know, the Patriots when Gilmore was playing at the top level was sick because he can completely erase, you know, the best player on the other side of the field. And then you, the rest of your guys can do more. Right. And so I think yep. I, I don't know. It's going to be a fascinating match to watch. Trey White versus Hopkins. My guess is that he's going to do a good job. And that it's going to have to come down to some other guys for Houston uh, making plays to get Houston home, and that doesn't feel great. <laughs> it's not a it's not a warm fuzzy feeling at all, especially for a Houston team that we don't love the coach. I mean, Bill O'Brien, um, you know, we had a moment with him this season where we were like, oh, he's making actually some pretty good decisions. Oh, he's he's made some adjustments on this offense that are pretty smart. Like want to give him a little credit and then he goes right back into playing not to lose and you know tries to piss away the game against Tampa and you know looks you know trots out a couple of real stinkers among you know like the Denver game was an absolute stinker no no that team was completely unprepared for that and it's so it's it's tough to really feel like oh yeah no they, they you clearly have the better quarterback clearly I don't think anyone can put uh, Watson and Josh Allen on you know on comparable you know, through comparable lenses and say, yeah, both of these guys have a chance. Like Josh Allen really is not going to hurt you with the deep ball. His deep ball accuracy is woefully below average. And Cannon, you know, though. I mean, he'll, put it, he'll put it down there. <laughs> yeah, he will. But it's not going to be accurate. He will. But in uh, Watson's the other way, exactly the other way around. Like he throws some absolute dimes in the 20, you know, 20 plus yard range. And sure enough, if Fuller's out there, if Stills is healthy, uh, I think that they can hit the home run in the pass game where I don't think Buffalo will. Uh, even though that is where you can hurt Houston, right? Like there will be a lot of like, like if you have a Buffalo ticket in your pocket already, like, and you're solid, you're solid and sure that they have a shot to win here and that they're going to go on a little run, like prepare yourself for John Brown running, you know, five yards away from the nearest defender and, you know, being overthrown by 10, right? Like that's happening more than once on Saturday. I can almost guarantee it. And that is going to put a lot of pressure on, you know, the Buffalo defense to hold down, all other aspects of Houston's offense, if they're going to, you know, they're, if they're going to try to eke out a win here, uh, you know, scoring whatever, what, what, what would be the implied, uh, Andy, what would be the implied score based on the spread and total, like 24-20? 
Oh, what is the total now? Forty. It's up to forty-three and a half. Yeah. Half, yeah. I guess twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah. yeah, twenty-three and a half, twenty, something like that. Yeah. You guys agree with that total move here, up to forty-three and a half? Uh, no, no. Mm, I, no. I don't. I don't. I don't no. necessarily. There was some forty-fours for a minute, and I, I regret not pulling the trigger um, at forty-four. Now it's pretty much forty-three and a half across the board. But I, I, I am in strong concurrence that uh, I would. Did not see that. I thought 41, 41 and a half was, was about right. Um, so the yeah, pickup yeah. uh, got a little high. Yeah. Even with a, even with a healthy fuller, I think fair price on the total is 41 and a half in this game. Yeah. It was a little, uh, it was a little weird to see that much movement just on a little bit of injury news. That, I mean, he still might not even play. And at the same time, you're, you're putting a defender, a, a good pass rushing defender back on the team. Well, I guess let me ask you, Andy, do you adjust? I guess, Andy, the two key injuries for Houston, uh, Fuller and and Watt, do either of those guys move the number for you? And if so, how much? Fuller, like half a point. Okay. Just just because of this wild ass splits that we've seen. He's a receiver. But (laughs) Tunsil's worth more to the line. Okay. Interesting. That's an interesting take. Is he going to play? Yeah, I think we we think he is, right? Yeah, we think I think he's going, that, right? That's a big deal for me because <clears throat> how, yeah. it's a nasty defense. They need to keep how about uh, Watson Watson not being pressured. Go look at the splits on that. That's yeah. a, that's another one. I, if they I keep think, him clean, uh, they're going to win big. I think Joey's point on Watt was nail was on the nails. Like it's not going to hurt you, no. but I don't know if it helps. I, I honestly like you know the Buffalo's offensive line is great. Like they can contain. Watt. Really, what does Davis really, play uh, Alexander? Before he got hurt, what was what was he I doing? Mean, yeah, what, right, right, right. What what was left of JJ Watt you yeah. know, beforehand? Even coming yeah. off not a not a coming off a three month injury oh, layoff. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to best play. Yeah, yeah. probably best yeah. play all year was doing that, cleaning up that river. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only memorable thing I have from him this season. He had one game where he was a terror. But it was not. It was against a. It was against a pretty poor opponent, if I remember correctly. Um, otherwise, I agree. I think JJ Watt's season was underwhelming. I don't think he's anywhere close to the player he was in 2012. I don't think he's the same difference maker that you would have said. Like, like honestly, like if this is three, four years ago, and we're talking about on or off the field for JJ Watt, and the rest of the Houston defense is just hot garbage, then I'm like, wow, this is like the most important injury of the weekend. But now I'm kind of like. You know, this is a cherry on top. Bonus. Great. Good, good, you know, good, good luck. Uh, I feel like the Houston defense overall has come together a little bit uh, since they made that trade for the cornerback from the Raiders. Do you remember that guy's name? Andy? He's escaping me right now. G. Conley. The G. Conley, yes. Uh, he was hot garbage on the, uh, on the Raiders. And uh, is it Conley? Is it a good gig? It's a funny name. Anyway. Garyan. Um, yeah. Gar- yeah, they're Garyan. Uh, and uh, anyway, they bring they bring him in, and it's like he was so bad. And they on played the Raiders. The Raiders it was like, <laughs> and you, yeah, but I think he felt bad. Been, like uh, I can't, I'm not going to beat up on the Raiders. Yeah, well, he was brutally bad uh, when he was on the Raiders, and I didn't think he was going to be a meaningful trade. But they've actually kind of shored things up, and honestly, like they've played a much tougher schedule past offenses than the Bills have. The Bills haven't really played anyone. Like you look up and down at these pass offenses they've played this season, and they are all bad. Though two that are on there are good. They are good. Baltimore, that game had like what 20, 25 mile an hour wins. Like I don't think you can look at that and say, "Oh, look how good the pass defense was in that spot." Like that was a fluky game entirely. I think you throw that one out. And then Thanksgiving, they played uh, the Cowboys, and the Cowboys threw for like four hundred yards on. 
Like yeah. I do think you can pass on this uh, on this you know Bills defense, or at least more so than the market is grading with kind of the lines uh, as they are. You know, like just with the metrics as they are, because I think their opponents have been very very poor this year. I want to I want to throw out one con to betting Houston, even though I have, and it's Bill O'Brien. Like while you say you yeah. can throw on this team, they're pretty staunch against the run, and Bill O'Brien's still going to try to. Like he's uh, gonna, I don't he's know. I think that he, is kind of how you move the ball in them, isn't it? Run they're not, kind they're of not bad against the run, and he's going to run it too often. Well, as far as what would I rather see? I'd rather see him attacking that secondary. Yeah, he's sure. Gonna, he's going to run it too much, and that's going to suck. And maybe that's yeah. No, this is a game where a quality order. offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing throws the ball with Watson. 40, 50 times. And, you know, maybe you run it, you know, just to keep them honest or do play action here and there. But yeah, I mean, this is a game where, especially if Fuller's playing, you should be running, you know, once every, you know, five, six plays as opposed to, you know, every series of downs that that's kind of the Bob model. Yeah. I think this plays into an under, right? I mean, but Bill yeah, Ryan with a lead is going to play not to lose. He is going to leave points in the field. He is going to punt and try to pin the Bills and leave it up to his defense. He's going to try to run, maybe unsuccessfully, run out the clock, uh, as opposed to just have these, you know, kind of, you know, bang, bang, bang drives and pour points on and force uh, Buffalo to be aggressive. I, I, I do think this is this game comes in like I don't know, twenty four seventeen Houston, maybe twenty seventeen Houston. So, yeah, this is a, this is an underlook for me. That's my favorite way to attack this one. Although, what's, the, what's the night game, Drew? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Tennessee. Actually, let me let me ask you a question because there's been a lot of narratives floating around this week about these four games, and they all kind of have the same tone, same kind of uh, you know same ideas being bantied about. And one that I'm not hearing at all, but I think is very very real and possible is this could be Tom Brady's last start for the Patriots in Foxborough. This is certainly going to be his only home game of the playoffs. I can't imagine any world where yeah, Brady beats the Chiefs. Buffalo in the- <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine any world where uh, where the Patriots beat the Chiefs and the Ravens also lose and the Patriots get to host another home game. And I think it's very entirely possible that Brady is on his way out in Foxborough based on uh, Tommy Curran had a, a little uh, a little funny story that trickled out right before Christmas that was a little was little you know a little head scratch like whoa like Brady really is kind of serious about leaving and they're going to be up you know they're going to be open teams for him next year if he wants a couple more years it sounds like the Patriots aren't really you know game to you know kind of keep him in charge here from you know for the next two seasons and maybe Brady wants to play two more seasons so I, I'm I'm a little woke on this and uh, I think. Uh, you could get a pretty special performance out of Tom Brady in the night spot against the Tennessee defense, which I think is quite poor. Tannehill, I had thought Tannehill had made a playoff start um, back when, you know, Gase's first year with the Dolphins. Uh, they made the playoffs, and I thought Tannehill popped his cherry that year, but uh, that was Matt Moore. Uh, Tannehill, I think, tore his ACL down the stretch and didn't actually get to make the playoff start. Uh, and so that Dolphins team was captained by Matt Moore against the Steelers and lost in miserable fashion. So Tannehill Weird. still first getting his first ever uh, first ever start uh, in the playoffs. His pluses, he is performing at a level that we didn't think would be possible, uh, and it's been awesome to see. He has turned AJ Brown into a bona fide wide receiver. One, uh, he has a balanced attack with Derrick Henry out of the backfield. 
Um, they have put up points on reasonably good defenses a ton down the stretch here. And uh, they look like a legitimate offense. Problem is, Tannehill takes too many sacks. He's not great when he's going up against a defense that has tight coverage. And that is kind of exactly the recipe that I think the Patriots defense trots out here. I don't think they put a spe- specific focus on stopping Derrick Henry. I think they put a focus on stopping A.J. Brown. And I think they make Tannehill throw into tight windows or hold onto the ball too long and creates, create sacks, create potentially uh, fumbles. Because uh, we're looking at probably going to be a little rainy, uh, a little cool, but not cold. And uh, this is, I think, sets up for the Patriots to put a little bit of a, a statement win on their resume before flaming out in Kansas City or uh, or Baltimore. So I think that's how this game sets up. Obviously, the Patriots offense is, you know, is, is one of the worst Patriots offenses we've seen in the playoffs in many, many years. Uh, Julian Edelman is limping into this game. Uh, Sony Michelle has been a complete and total bust. The offensive line is lacking cohesion. Uh, Tom has no chemistry with any of his wide receivers, not named Julian Edelman. They don't even have like a, who they're starting a, a linebacker at fullback in Landon Rod Roberts and expecting him to, you know, generate positive uh, offensive playing, you know, uh, impact. Like this is, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors top to bottom, but they're going up against the Tennessee defensive unit that I think is vastly, 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 um, uh, overmatched uh, versus pretty much every team in the NFL, let alone the best quarterback in a playoff setting uh, in on the road in prime time uh, in the playoffs. So top to bottom, I think there's value in the Pats here. Do you see this the same way that I'm seeing it, Mr. Kanish, or do you feel like Tennessee upset is in the air? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, when, when I saw this open and it, it opened around four and a half, uh, and when it got to a flat four, I, I just, just all the things you said, just look numerically. Um, I, you know, we, we're all in agreement that, that home field advantage isn't what it used to be, but it does tick up in the playoffs a little bit. So whatever, even though home field at a lot of places isn't, uh, you know, the rating that it might have been in the past, it, it does tend uh, to have more of an impact in the playoffs. So if you're talking about this at, at a four and a four and a half, let's just say home field advantage for the Patriots in the playoffs, you know, if you want to say at Highest ceiling is bullish would be three and a half. You know, maybe let's say even just go to a basic three. You're, you're talking about if you're getting this at four and a four and a half, that you think on a neutral field that New England is only a point or a point and a half better than Tennessee. It's just not. It this line, it's just cheap for me. I you know I thought this, I'd have this around six. Um, I, I was surprised to see a flat four. I'm surprised that it's still sitting out there. You've got a lot of this this anti. Patriot stance out there for the first time uh, in a long time heading into the playoffs, and I see it. I, I agree with you. The offense is lacking, but you've got, I, like I said, the the matchup against Tennessee here. I, I just think this is cheap. It's a spot where I like, you know, if you can want to do a five point teaser and combine it with something else on a cheap tease or put the pass in a money line. Um, I lay four. I, I still lay four and a half. Um, I think there's a couple of other ways you can combine New England uh, that makes sense with the plus EV play. Um, but it, this is one that I, I just don't agree with, with the line. And then when you add on the other factors of Tannehill, the coaching mismatch here, that it, it just, I'm not, I'm not seeing Tennessee. I think the Patriots can comfortably win this by seven to 10 points. I, I might even take a couple of alternate lines. Um, and, and a game that I look at where, 
Um, I might be one to look at either a live or a second half under, especially if New England gets the lead. I think they'll be able to to kind of lean on the run game in the short passing second half and kind of lean on the defense if they're up. So this is one of those that starts off a little hot and New England gets up 10 or 14 where, you know, I'll be eyeing a live under or maybe a second half under depending on the situation. But I don't have, um, you know, to try and even play devil's advocate, I don't have a great case for Tennessee here. Um, Just other than, you know, obviously the Pat's offense has looked ugly, but but everything else to me says uh, New England's uh, a decent play here. Yeah, that was well said. Uh, Andy, on Sunday, when we were prepping for this, uh, the whiff of upset was in the air. People were, like, hot on Tennessee. You know, Tennessee was the proverbial hot team that played their way in. Uh, the Patriots limped their way home, losing to the lowly Dolphins last week. They looked ugly uh, in their matchups against some of the better teams this week. They that This year, they lost to, you know, they lost and did not cover, I don't think, to any playoff team except for the Bills. Um, but uh, actually maybe they did it against the Eagles, but it's, it's been a very tough road for the Patriots against top tier competition this season from the week, you know, from week eight on, uh, do you have a case for Tennessee? I took the over mostly just because we made the over. I mean, we made the total a lot higher when we, when we did our little halftime podcast there and just started throwing out our numbers and I made it a few points higher. So when it, when it came 43, I said, I'm going to take that. It's up a point. I might buy back on this. I was hoping a Dory Jackson would be out. He's practicing and playing. He's a he's a big difference. Maybe not on his own, but just the fact if he is out, man, they just have nobody in that secondary. And you've seen him just get scorched by halfway decent teams. You know, you can say what you want about this this offense and how it's looked this year. It's still it's still Belichick and McDaniels putting this game plan together against you know, oh, Tennessee, it's Tennessee. It's still just Tennessee. And, you know, the other half of the over I looked at, Tennessee had the highest red zone touchdown efficiency out of any team in the last 10 years. Nobody's nobody's touched 75% in the last decade. They're over 75% when they get in the red zone scoring touchdowns. They just, mm. they just fucking score touchdowns. Like it's, yeah. it's uncanny. It's like the opposite of watching the Browns red zone offense. They just, oh, we have Derek Hamp. Like they're smart. We, we shit on Arthur Smith or whatever his name is in the <laughs> offseason because we didn't know who he was. Sure. But when they, when they get in the red zone, they're pretty smart. Their last three yeah. games, they're at 87.5% in the red zone scoring touchdowns. They get down there. They run the right plays. Derek Henry scores a touchdown. He yeah. is going to have a decent day. He can run against his Patriots off or defense. That's a great point. I, I still, I still, you know, first time quarterback starting on the road against the evil empire. I'm not looking at taking Tennessee. Like if you want to take Tennessee, just take the money line. Yeah. If it gets squirrely like that, I do think a lot's going to be over made of last week's game. I think they just overlooked it. It really yeah. bit him in the ass as far as seating, but like Gilmore will never look that bad again. Not, yeah, I mean, not no, in, in the, in the, you know, in in the uh, in the near future, that was the Plus, worst you'll ever see him yeah. look. He'll be able to lock people down. They still have some nice receiving threats. They'll score points, but yeah, probably Patriots. Is Gilmore touchdown. the defensive player in the year? Not to take you offline, but we were talking, we were talking about, about this. this. It's minus four hundred. <laughs> we're let's let's I, go I full, know, full sidebar. Full sidebar. <laughs> Is there value on somebody else? Because that but, but who, seems that's stupid. The who, like who, if it's Chandler not him, Jones then who? And TJ Watt. And TJ Watt. The problem and is the voters. The voters tend to only look at 
teams that made the playoffs when they start ticking yep. down who am I giving my vote to? And they te- technically look at, well, this team made the playoffs because their defense is good. Okay, well, who was their best player? Okay, we're rewarding him, right? Like that's usually how yep. it goes. There's very rarely a, a defensive player of the year awarded to a non-playoff team. Um, but yeah, Chandler Jones, TJ Watt were more impactful in my, in my opinion. Shaq Griffin. Well, see, like, see, there now you get like they they aren't even perceived. Tampa's not even perceived as having. I know it's it's right. Like they and granted, Tampa's defense looks worse numerically than they are because they have they are they they go out and have to defend such short fields all the time because they had thirty picks thrown against them. Uh, (laughs) But the but the um yeah no you're absolutely right like four hundred seems stupid. It should there should be someone else. I just don't know. Look at the history. Like there's been. The two cornerbacks that I looked at that had won this award had two of like the most legendary defensive seasons from a second. It was Deion Sanders when he had like the greatest cornerback season of all time and Charles Woodson, who you could argue are like the two best cornerbacks in the history of the game. And those are the only two, if you go back 30 years, that cornerbacks that have won defensive player of the year. And now you've got stuff on Gilmore on, uh, you know, an above average pass defense who had a nice, season not not i would say not a you know an incredibly elite season but a nice season on a on a a good defense but not an elite defense so yeah Yeah. it's a tough sell but i i don't know i don't know who else it's gonna be i think you'll see a a pretty split vote but i i don't know it sucks yeah i mean between you got some decent pass rushers but it'll get yeah. split the, the watt jones barrett barrett had 19 and a half sacks incredible yeah it was incredible he, he yeah it, pick, danielle had, hunter deserves consideration cameron jordan deserves consideration there's lots of guys that deserve consideration but i don't know who you know what you know who blew it uh nick if if nick bosa had sacked russell wilson one of like the nine times he had him dead to rights on sunday <laughs> night then, uh, yeah. then I think he would probably have gotten it because people are like, oh, yeah, San Francisco's here. Their defense has been great. I remember their defense being great. Their pass rush was great. And Nick Bosa, look at all these sacks he compiled, give it to him. Like, that would have been it. But he just doesn't have the numbers. So I don't think he's going to get uh, get a good look. Yeah, this is tough. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking some Barrett. I, like I told you, I don't even think, I don't think Gilmore is even clearly the best defensive back playing in the playoffs. I think he's neck and neck with Trey White. Like those, those two guys, you look kind of uh, at some of the advanced analytics and, and see how much, how often they're targeted, you know, what their, uh, you know, space coverage and closing speed, all of that sort of stuff. Those two guys are having nearly identical seasons. And yet one of them is considered for DPOI, the other one, uh, not a household name. So, wild. Putting a little bow on this, Andy, uh, I liked your case for Tennessee. It didn't really shake my confidence too much. I'm still no, going I'm, to the I well here for Pats. But you're on the you're on the over. What's yeah. uh, what are, what are the Pats ceiling here? Points wise, we know their offense is hot trash. What? But but they're going to score points against this Tennessee defense. They're probably going to score touchdowns. We know their kicking game is is not great and the weather's going to not help that also like Nick Folk trotting out to kick a 40 yard field goal in like, you know, rainy, uh, you know, 35 degree weather doesn't inspire a hell of a lot of confidence, but you know, what, what, how many points is Newton score? 27. Okay. Okay. Team total over is going to be around 24 and a half. So that's, uh, that's, that's nice. Uh, Joey, is this Tom Brady's last start in Gillette as a Patriot? 
I think you started to see the the some of that the Patriots almost, almost never have leaks. You're starting to see some of that chirp chirp around. You know, Belichick wanted to go to Garoppolo earlier than that. I I I'm gonna say no because they don't have a a plan B. There is no. I think they're they're basically if you know Belichick wants to keep coaching and they want to keep contending, they don't have a route to get another quarterback unless they're going to get, you know, with somebody uh, who free agency or tra- I don't see a route for them to really get a QB. I still can't believe they passed on Lamar Jackson. Um, I know to take Sonny Michel. Like, I know. I know. Unbelievable. It, it seemed like such a Patriot play to, but I, I don't know. I mean, who is their, their fallback here? They don't have uh, anybody in the bar in the backup ready to go. I, they don't have a lot of capital to, to make a big trade, I don't. I, I just don't see how they. It, it's one of those transitions where it, it should have been when Garoppolo was ready to go. You know, a couple of years ago after Patriots, you know, that was the time. Instead, they trade him away, and now I, I, I just don't know what they do. I think they're having, stuck having this roll with Tom if he wants to keep playing. What if he doesn't want to come back to play for the Patriots? I mean, what is this? What is this mess that they've given him to throw to? How do they fix that? It's you know it's funny because they you know it goes from the beginning of the year where you're talking about a healthy Edelman, Antonio Brown, and Josh Gordon to the end of the year where it's a complete train wreck. That's a new trade's been kind of a fail, um, especially because you know paying up a second rounder for him. Um, I, I, if they want to, you know, you can go with some of the, the the wide receiver route is a little bit easier. Maybe some of the younger guys they draft that'll mature a little bit. I think you can. You can fix that in an off season um, a lot more than you can finding a new quarterback. So I, I would expect them to prioritize that in, in draft and free agency, um, and just assume that that, that Brady is back. Because um, I I don't think they have a fallback plan. I think the, you know, Kraft still loves them. Uh, I think he still wants to be playing, and they're just they're basically stuck with them. So unless Belichick pulls the the best the greatest power move of his career. Um, I think he's the quarterback next year if he's going to keep playing because they don't have anywhere else to go. Andy, if you're Tom Brady and Dean Spanos calls and says, hey, man, we're, we're moving into the stadium. Could you have picked a different place? We, we, we're moving into the stadium. We can't sell tickets. We are underwater in our deal here. We, we need you to come save us. We have all of these weapons on offense to throw to. We will have a healthy offensive line. A very a viable defense, you know. Like we'll, we'll we will bring in whatever coach you want. We'll fire Lynn tomorrow and bring in a coach you want. We're going to write you this check two years, forty million dollars a year. Do you make the jump and go play for the Chargers? I think he'd play. I mean, I don't want to say anywhere. He's not going to go play anywhere. But yeah, this whole thing it just feels. To answer your question, yes, I think he might he might go jump at something like that just a, a new challenge or whatever you want to call it, but just how things have maybe come to the end in New England. It, it feels like it, if Ted Thompson had just never moved on from Brett Favre and <laughs> Garoppolo, Garoppolo's yeah. your Aaron. You know, I, I don't think yeah. that Garoppolo is even maybe that great, but Garoppolo's your Aaron Rodgers. He, just he has more Super Bowl rings. But you know, sometimes you just have to move on and maybe, maybe they did miss their window and it's like, well, if he if he wants to move on, we're stuck with. Uh, I guess we're starting Jared Stidham, <laughs> trading trading for like who knows who, maybe Matt Moore up there. Who knows? Brian Fitzpatrick. 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, another step boy. Talk about the revenge games he'd have week in and week out. <laughs> I mean, what good is it for Miami to retain Fitzpatrick at this point? Fitzpatrick yeah, can actually ask for some money. He has some leverage. He kind of does. I mean, when you were talking about like uh, the, the Bills game, as far as some of the pass offenses they faced, that might have been the scariest pass offense in the, <laughs> in the division. Yes, they're totally because <laughs> you just don't like. Know. That's why, right? That's why Gilmore looked bad. And maybe Gilmore was in the you know, it was his head was in the game or he was hung over. Who the hell? Who the fuck knows what? He decided he t- wanted to take the week off. Um, but uh, yeah, he you know the the um, the offense for the Dolphins was just pure chaos. Like they were just chucking it to Parker, like yeah. constantly. Like I love to see that. Like that is a, Cross, that is yeah. a, the plus EV approach, especially if you have, you know, if you don't have a defense that, where you know, if you don't have an offensive line, like just, you know, that's how you play. You put this a David Goliath strategy. You go, you go, David. You know, yeah. it's awesome. No, he's cross cross sports reference. He's nu- Nuke Lelouch. Eighteen walks, eighteen <laughs> strikeouts. You get the mascot. You don't yeah. you don't know what Fitzpatrick's going to do. Yeah, He's probably hard to scheme against. So yeah, weirdly he was on the team with James Winston last year too, right? Oh they got gosh. a little uh, little con- some some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of flu. Got those guys uh, anyway. Um, so you guys right. are you Let's guys wrap. are on the New England train? I'd lean yep. that way, and then I, yep. I took some over. And depending on the injuries, go. I think Edelman plays. I think Adoree Jackson plays. Uh, one final mini note kind of matters. It is Tennessee played on the road last week. Hmm. So it will be a second straight Good point. roadie. Uh, Good it's point. the only only one only one this week that we're going to see a second straight road game. The other three road teams did play at home last week. So mm-hmm. Good start, call. Uh, starting with uh, moving to Sunday, Minnesota. They played at home in kind of a ugly dead game. Whatever. Nobody played. The Bears kind of played. The Bears got to eight and eight. Good for them. Delvin Cook supposedly back. Does it make a difference? I guess we'll kind of find out running back maybe matters in some cases when you play the Packers and look like absolute hot garbage. If they play like that, this one's going to be a laugher. This is another one where we made the total way the bleep higher. I was a little, <laughs> I was a little cooler than you. You said 51. I said 50. Oh yeah. Very a big, huge difference between those two numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I was slightly cooler and I'm like, God, I wonder if I was a little, I was thinking about it afterwards. Am I a little too low? Maybe he's right. And then it opens like 45. <laughs> I, hit, I hit the over, over 46. Minnesota secondary has been kind of train wrecky, especially, you know, just it's, it just feels it's not like getting beat over the top and that's not what new England or new New Orleans going to do anyway, but they're just going to give these receivers cushions all day. Breeze takes what he gets, moves down the field. New Orleans scores like 40 points. This game's over. Uh, Minnesota gets theirs. This, this total felt super low. I don't know if Minnesota has a chance. Eight, eight and a half, nine feels like a lot, especially in a playoff game where, where they're not going to just, you know, you don't just roll over in a playoff game. You're going to be, even if it is just a backdoor that don't really have a chance, it's a lot of points. I'd lead Minnesota. love the over. How's our Detroit friend feel? This, this is my, by far uh, of the, the sides. That, you know, it's one of those you go into wild card weekend. Like, yeah, maybe I'll have a bat. Of the four sides I've taken uh, in the four games, this is by far the least appealing Um uh, of this, I just took it straight based on numbers. Our friends at Sportsbook AG put up a nine, um, and, and I Ugh. just played it. I, I hate, and I hate it. I hate Zimmer. I hate Cousins. 
What sports book? People from Minnesota bother me. I don't. I don't know. Uh, there's not like I said. The, the, the Minnesota secondary is brutal. You've got Saints at, at home coming on. You know, just an absolute walkover. Um, I, I don't. I don't think I hate the Zimmer and the Cohen and his philosophy and mentality. I mean, keeping Delvin Cook back uh, will be a little bit of a, a bonus from the explosiveness perspective. But um, I just couldn't get to nine here. I, I, but at no point would I be surprised. Um, for, for the Saints to, to to roll up and you know finish off uh, a thirty one twenty one type of game here or something like that. Um, I, I don't have you know at, at current for me like like you said th- at the play here was grabbing the total when it opened um, you know four points too low uh, and getting smashed up. But at current forty nine and a half and you know eight, I, I have absolutely nothing here as far as a recommendation. I had a small play on nine. The total's gone way too high, um, but I'm not looking to touch an under something where I'd look for, you know, a live under if there's an early score, if you can get something in the mid fifties. Um, but, but at current market, uh, there, there's just nothing for me here. Um, any consideration to, to New Orleans in a tease here? If damn, you're gonna yeah. do, damn right. Best, uh, if, best teaser. Like you know, a long if you can time. grab a cheap, you know, if you can get a Patriots, you know, five point tease on the path, and the Saints to, to two and a half or two, if you, you know, some seven and a half start trading around. Um, that's something that, uh, you know, can get a little plus juice there um, that, that I think would interest me at uh, a couple of sites that'll do the five point teases. So, and I think uh, there's one that I see that that would be available at. So that would be, if I'm going to play uh, on that game and I see a couple seven and a half trading, um, the tease for me would be, would be the spot. Other than that, just, the, the current numbers I think are pretty spot on and uh, unplayable now. Yeah, I was half tempted. Uh, we haven't got to this game yet, but uh, I bet Philly or I bet Seattle. I think they the number was silly. They have more than a half half and a half shot of winning this game, but and I was half tempted to put Philadelphia out to eight and a half. Sure, go uh, Seattle doesn't have a tendency to win two score games very often. Yeah. Go go a full yeah full like six and a half or seven point teaser. Yes, yeah, Seattle Seattle yep. winning multiple by multiple scores. Shit just nah. don't happen. But I like that too. That's something you know. If you do have, uh, I don't know if you have like a local or something that does multiple different teasers besides the uh, the usual six six and a half seven. I don't. Uh, Five Dimes has four point teasers. I mean, they have like a list of. 200 different teasers and pleasers and progressives you can do. I don't uh, take advantage of those too often, but I don't mind that taking it's essentially New England money line and New Orleans at a field goal. Yeah. You can probably make those as a pair anyway, right? Maybe I, I'd have to go look if, if you can do it without the teaser, it'd be interesting to, to <laughs> probably gets you and, just to play. It probably gets you right around an even money play. I'd have to see Pat's, which one that's money line and uh, New Orleans minus two and a half. <laughs> It's not a bad way. Time not a bad way to go. Experimenting. Not a bad way to go. Um, yeah, no, I think you guys, I, I guess, is there, I, I like the angle of a live under for sure. That makes total sense. If you can get, if this, if there is a touchdown in the first six minutes of this game or first four minutes of this game and you see 53 pop, then yeah, fire, you know, you know fire away on the under, especially if you're holding an over ticket. Cause I can see a lot of right realizations where this lands 47, 48, 49, 50, 51. Like that, that's entirely reasonable. Um, I kind of am losing a little my nerve on the over Andy. I, we haven't talked this through really. Like I haven't made my case, I guess. Um, but I'm starting to 
be concerned about certain matchups as I have more, the more I dig in here. Um, for sure, the number one weapon for Minnesota is Stefan Diggs. You would agree? Yeah. And in, Can, unless, unless they decide to go with a heavy cook game, just zone run, zone run, which I hope they don't. It helps me the over if they can be throwing the ball, which then I didn't even really get into game script, but I mean, I did kind of say, I think the Saints beat the shit out of them. And if they do fall behind, they're going to have to be passing quite a bit. You can move on that Saints defense through the air, especially if both receivers are healthy. They've decent tight ends too. And, and the backs can catch the ball. Like if the pass offense is called upon, it, it works. It, it, it's something that works. They can score. So hopefully the saints do get out to an early lead. Minnesota's forced to pass. And yeah, if that total takes up into the sixties, I wouldn't, I'm not afraid to get in on the middle. It's wild card mm. weekend. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, is this a bad matchup for the saints offense against the Vikings defense? Like, what can Drew Brees do now? I know he's home. I know the energy is going to be high. I know he has a, a healthy, healthy set of weapons. His offensive line is a little banged up, but uh, they're not necessarily going up against guys who they can't, you know, they're not going up against a unit in Minnesota that can generate significant pressure up the middle. Um, but we're seeing Drew Brees operate this very, very short average depth of target passing attack, which would presumably prey on the Minnesota linebacking core, which is damn good in coverage, right? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, they're going to be, they're going to be a lot of yards after catch available here. Yeah, you do have a good, a decent pass rush. I don't want to call it like a really good pass rush, but Daniel Hunter does some nice things that the other guy whose name I can't pronounce had the touchdown the other week. All of the, uh, he's done a nice job. Like It's a decent pass rush, but man, everything like they'll be able to scheme against this defense they're gonna get theirs i like that a lot i just actually i sent you guys a picture of this like the uh if you just go into the five dimes and manipulate the alternate lines if you go saints minus three new england money line it plays it pays plus 103 hmm. I, I kind of have fallen in love with that <laughs> okay better than getting a bed with i guess um who knows what we're going to get there? The uh, yeah, okay. That yeah, there's a couple of things about the matchup with the uh, you know, I mean, the just in the back of my head, I'm still stuck on Drew Brees' arm strength, his accuracy on his middle, intermediate, and deep ball. Um, that's where you can make Minnesota look stupid. You know, like that's how you can embarrass them. It is like that. Like those guys lose coverage. Uh, with complex routes with against good wide receivers. And there's going to be times when, you know, Michael Thomas and, uh, you know, Trey Smith and some of these uh, weapons for uh, New Orleans are just, you know, they're going to be open, but it's going to be far enough down the field where I'm not 100% confident Drew Brees is going to get them the ball. Yeah, and uh, Eric Kendricks, too, he didn't practice today, I don't think. I'm double-checking that right now. There might be some There might be some bad injuries if, if these guys can't play. He's got a bum quad. He didn't play. He didn't practice Wednesday. I don't think he practiced today. There's, there's a few injuries on the defense that are going to be a minor problem if these corners are continuing to play as shitty as they 
they play. I think Saints any which way you can. I okay. I don't I I don't think Breeze needs to go deep. I guess I'd like to hear Joey's thoughts on that. I think he can he can take that underneath stuff and a bunch of Kamara screens and underneath stuff stick routes to to uh, Thomas and Thomas has like 15 catches for 110 yards. They win by 20. Hmm. No, that's a great. I, I, you just look at Breeze being a, you know, his career, like the last even 18 months of him trying to push the football down the field. Um, it's one of those, th- I mean, gun to your head. Who do you, it, it, if you were start, had to start a game for it, anything is Teddy Bridgewater, a better quarterback than Drew Breeze. At this moment, I'm with the way he played mid year, and I know you have to go back to breathe in that. I, I it'd be one of those I wouldn't, I think it's you know, it's very similar to like uh, the Garoppolo Brady situation where it'd be one, does he want to stick around, or, or is this one of those you kind of want to shoot him out the, the door and have Bridgewater take over? That's where the you know, you look at. If there's a, an area where Minnesota is going to cover, it's because it's because Breeze can't hit explosive plays anymore. It, it's basically, you know, his, it can Thomas or Kamara make the play um, rather than them being able to hit the deep ball. So that's that's one of those, you know, I'm trying to cover. Uh, if you're going to try and cover by double digits, um, him not being able to get it down and hit those plays is, is definitely a factor. Um, but at, at the same time, like you said, just with all the things uh, on the Minnesota side of the coaching mismatch and cousins, you know, the roller coaster and that, that it's just one that's, that's hard to feel, feel very comfortable with um, and taking, even though you get over a touchdown. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I misremembering this? Weren't you relatively bearish on Bridgewater and the saints? Like didn't, weren't you against them? Like during that whole run where they were winning? I was. And that cost me a lot of money. No, I know, but like, but it didn't feel like they were, Good, that good. Like, I felt like all those wins were a little like, except for the Bears one, they were all a little like, wow. Huh. They won one without scoring a touchdown. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, Bridgewater never really clicked with the offense. It felt like it, it honestly felt like all of the other players around Bridgewater like stepped up their game because they were like, we need to make sure we aren't losing in Breeze's absence because we don't want to derail the season. Right. Like there was some motivating factor that got those guys to play up. I feel like, like the Saints defense played a lot better than I expected in that time. Like they were incredible against the run, which I did not expect at all. Um, now they've lost a couple of those pieces. And actually that probably opens up things for Minnesota's offense. This, you know, Rankin's out, is it going to be out there? Davenport's not going to be out there. Um, they have a couple of replacement linebackers for New Orleans. They're going to be, you're going to be able to get some. Uh, some yardage on the ground here for Minnesota. I, I think I think I'm talking myself into a Minnesota look here, actually, or maybe a you know, or maybe just wait uh, and try to shoot for a live middle. I haven't 100 percent made up my mind. You might be able to no, bet a Minnesota plus 24 some point during the game. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming from a Minnesota man. I'm shocked. Shocked. How are you going to no, show your face at you the don't... water and cooler? Yeah. <laughs> to put a bow on the first three Teddy games, he had under 200 yards each game, two touchdowns, one pick total. The last three, he was over two. He had 314, 240, 281, six touchdowns, one pick. So mm, he, okay. he had kind of groomed himself into to starting to play better football. They go back to Breeze. Um, and like they've been winning. You know, it, it hasn't changed. Uh, you know, the, the fact that they're still, you know, especially has had some dominant efforts, but yeah, it's questionable that 
you know, Finn Lane over a touchdown here. Um, like I said, we both saw the numbers just a touch high, but I'm, it's just a tough one to run the, to recommend to get in front of um, Saints at home here with with the number. I like I said, it's the smallest play by far of me uh, of before I got this weekend. Where'd you find that uh, Rogue Nine? At our friends at Sportsbook AG. So I uh, think never heard that, of them. Uh, you know they don't do checks anymore. So I'm I, not, I, I you know, can't, I can't get, get paid, an there but for some reason, I I, 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 I had my borough right money there. Um, <laughs> I was a little. If, I was over. Uh, they are the if slowest. If you guys know players. anybody that has one that uh, would like to loan me for certain <laughs> yeah. reasons, or if uh, they're not, you know, if they want to leave it to me, then uh, you know I'd be happy to take it off their hands. In whatever manner necessary. It took it took six days to get a Bitcoin withdrawal from that book. Jeez. Because it, it's, it's funny it's, because like I don't know what it they were used doing. to be like they went out and find it themselves to get a check. But now even though that they're you know within a, a week of Bitcoin, it's still like the longest Bitcoin book for withdrawals in the offshore space but from what they used to be i'll take it i can wait six days i, I cannot wait three months yeah, the, so the, the coin showed it's up be... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that was that was my that was my borough money oh so good <laughs> so good uh great play by you by the way joe burrow. thank you you're welcome oh, that, was fun. <laughs> that was a nice one I don't know where in the world that came to you. You just, you just woke up one day, you got out of bed, you're like, yeah, yeah, so this guy could have, <laughs> It was that random guy from LSU and his wife that Joey destroyed online. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't that, forget things. Yeah, that he actually was like an LSU fan and he didn't. He actually had it before us. Yeah, I might have jumped the gun a little on that one. And then his friends didn't take too late. Like, yeah, sometimes these things will there. So. <laughs> I can't imagine. Not you. Um, no, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into the nightcap here. Let's touch on the last game. Uh, and weirdly, I don't know if you heard our latest pod, Joey. I know you're a busy man. You probably did not. Uh, but we have done a heel turn here on the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, all season long, it has been a very dump on this team. They are playing down to their opponents. They are better than they are, you know, than they are quitting themselves against bad teams. They are in way too many one score coin flippy type of games when they have one of the clearly, clearly, top three quarterback in this league at this moment. Uh, a guy with success. A guy that's been to super, two Super Bowls and has a ring that he won himself. Well, the defense won him that ring, I guess. But still, Russell Wilson is absolutely, in my opinion, the clear and obvious best quarterback alive in the NFC. And that makes the Seahawks scary, even though they underachieve, chronically underachieve. Yep. Now they go against Carson Wentz and the walking wounded. It's been covered as ad nauseum, the injury situations in Philly. There's been a lot of, you know, kind of, <laughs> there's been a lot of keeping the, you know, keeping things together with, uh, you know, sticks and twine and, you know, patching up holes with duct tape here and there. Uh, this is not a healthy team and they continue to not be healthy. It's unlikely we will see Wentz's binky uh, Ertz on the field. Zach Ertz, unlikely to take the field on Sunday. That's huge uh, because, you know, Philadelphia, when they lost all these wide receivers, they switched up their scheme. They went more to tight end looks. It worked well for them because they have two fantastic pass catching tight ends. And uh, now they have one. Now they're back to one. And Miles Sanders, he has been, you know, actually, 
quietly, like secretly, just was a, just delighted with how well he's done this season. And no better way to put a crown on him than uh, what he did against the Giants and against his former backfield Penn State running mate, Saquon Barkley, and kind of perfectly illustrate why you don't spend a top two draft capital on a running back. Um, he's been great, but he's hurt even like there's, there's, there are very, very few healthy bodies. He, pra- he practiced today. See, so, yeah, I know, but he's got a foot still. So I don't yeah. going to get the explosiveness. If, if there's more Jordan Howard in this game, if there's more Boston Scott in this game, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Seattle's Seattle. I feel like took a, a significant step forward into, into like kind of who they are for these playoffs in that game against the Niners. I felt like, and it could be fool's gold. They could be completely rope-a-doping me. They could come out and stink up the joint and be down 17 nothing at halftime and need a miracle Russell Wilson comeback to try to keep their playoff hopes alive. But they still, they can. Like, even at 17 nothing, I'm not going to be looking around like, oh, well, that bet's lost. I'm still going to be like, you know, like, what, what adjustments are there? How can they get back in this game? Uh, and I honestly think Schottenheimer, some things clicked. You take away Carson... Uh, who could, you know, um, not Carson Wentz, obviously, but Chris Carson, who is kind of, uh, you know, the, the, um, the check down guy, the, I'm going to get him X carries. We're going to win the game guy for Schottenheimer. He's out of the game and they introduce a new, uh, scat back in Homer. They bring back fresh legs with Marshawn Lynch. I didn't think he could contribute much, but he was, you know, he was compelling at times in that Niners game. And, and still they lose Dwayne Brown. You think, oh, this is a disaster. Russell Wilson's going to be under constant duress from San Francisco. He escaped every single freaking opportunity. So this is not all that different. Uh, of a matchup that we just saw them play. Uh, again, San Francisco is a much, much better team than Philadelphia. I really, other than the home field advantage in the link, which is real, uh, the defense for Philly, which gets absolutely elevated by the crowd energy. Uh, I don't know what case you can make for Philly here. I get that it's not like 70% chance that Seattle's going to win this game. It's closer to say 55-60, but... I still think that there's something special brewing uh, with the, you know, kind of the ceiling of the Seattle team being so much higher than we've seen so far this season. Uh, and I think they get this win uh, on the road in a tough environment. Uh, they've been playing great on the road all season. Uh, Nish got a plus three, so you can kick your feet up and watch them, you know, lose by, you know, by two and have, uh, have, a, you know, have, have a, cold one on uh on the oust of seattle here but you know i think that i think they're uh, a very dangerous opponent and i think philly to a degree should be happy they're here i don't think that they are long for these playoffs and uh you know i don't uh, disagree at all with the market move here no i i, I totally I, i'm with you i mean this is one that uh, this was like a, a college football G5 game that opened up and you're like, what? this is five points off. Like, what the fuck? It's an NFL wildcard game. Um, this is one that, unfortunately, due to the time it happened, uh, some jer- Uncle Kenny's Jersey friends weren't, weren't available uh, to get a little even more down on this one. Uh, mm. So I was only able to grab the, the, the Tony three. Um, the Belief Sports uh, FanDuel and DraftKings had three for, for a little bit, too. Um, anyway, it was just absolutely ridiculous line uh, i mean anybody that's been you know remotely following would have had i mean i could have seen like if you really wanted to you know up philly and think that, that you're holding like one and a half or something but 
um, the fact that it dropped a full three was just wild. Um, and, and I agree. I mean, it outside of the fact of Philly's, you know, the home field advantage and the fact that they've, you know, been so much better, you know, like they had the game against Dallas at home. And it's just absolutely ridiculous for this to, to, to open a full field goal. Now, you know, that it's crossed over for, you know, even if you, um, is this one where, Let's say you grabbed a Seattle early. Like I'm sitting on three. I know you guys are sitting on some plus money line. Um, in terms of trading it or looking, are you, are you looking for anything on the other side? Are you looking to tease up Philly uh, in a way or grab something Philly live? Um, this is one for me that I'm going to let go into the game sitting on three. Um, but I think I will be looking to play back on Philadelphia at some point. Um, I, I haven't included them in a tease as of yet, but I, I think there'll be some point where either live or that, where I'll probably be looking uh, to trade off that Seattle uh, and come back on Philly. I'm just not a hundred percent sure of the way to attack it at the moment. I guess the only thing I can add contextually to that is Seattle tends to start slow. In fact, they are like remarkably poor first half team, yep. especially on the road. Um, I don't know if and that, that's and that'd be, signal. Uh, that'd be where, since I didn't get the full position that, that I would have liked on plus three, see if Philly scores first, I, I'm, I'm going to come on again, there double down on Seattle. I mean, that's, yeah, what, that's if kind you of my catch a well. three and a half or a four and a half live, um, I, I like that a lot. I, I'd, I'd just double up and, and keep going with the Seahawks right then at that point. Yeah, yeah. Andy, uh, where, the, where are you at on this one? The I mean, I took some plus money on Seattle. I'm sitting put. Like Joey said, if there's a good opportunity to find a, a decent Stes Metal Live, I might look at that. I might still tease him. I'm not sure yet on that. It's sitting right in that Wong teaser zone. And yeah. like we said, Wong Seattle, Sunday. Looks- Seattle doesn't blow people out. <laughs> but I mean, the, the big narrative around Philly these last few weeks has been like, oh, look at how good Carson Wentz is. He's really, and he has. I'm like, he has impressed. He's looked good as a quarterback who has, I mean, there was a wild stat about like, the number of yards he threw without having a receiver over X amount of catches or yards or whatever it was. Like no one had ever done that. Just basically playing with like a seventh wide receiver. And he, he, yeah. he, you know, good for him. Kudos. But like your whole reward for being this, you know, great quarterback who's carried a shitty team, you get to play another game with this shitty surrounding group. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's right. your reward. You, it's not like, oh, you made it to the playoffs. It's not a video game where all your your they come back because it's a new level. Like you still have all the same injuries. You still got to carry it. And guess what? You don't get to play Washington or New York. <laughs> I mean, you have to play a halfway decent team here. Yeah, granted, it is at home, but yeah, the the opener was silly. Plus, money on Seattle was silly. I lean. I don't know if, how, how excited I'd be, you know, laying three if it got wild on Seattle. But right now, I'd still lay points, a point or two yeah. in Seattle. If, yeah, if yeah. The risk is, uh, you know, really the risk if it gets any juicier is that Seattle lets Philly in the back door somehow. Um, they have a tendency to take their foot off the gas way too early. They oh, yeah. what were they winning like twenty seven nothing against Atlanta, and that ended up a one score game. They were like they were absolutely. Uh, drilling the shit out of a handful of teams this season who they were way better than and let them back into it. Uh, a lot of times, because what? You told me this stat. I, oh, I think yeah. It's fascinating. It, this I, is ran, I ran this stat. Um, if they're leading by one score, eight points or less, they run the ball more than anybody. They, they treat it like most teams would treat a two-score game. 
They just they try to start running the clock off way too early. They don't treat it like a one score game where they need to use some, you know positive EV play calling and continue to add to their lead and put teams away. And that's why they end up in one score games, I think. Yeah, and no, luckily they have a magician with them. Yeah. Because and generally they're not great at running. <laughs> like yeah. they're run. They're well, yeah, they're down to their fifteenth running back. Yeah, they pulled a guy out of retirement. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay. Well, this is you brought up another key point that I forgot, which is this is an enormous step up in competition for Philly. Um, Philly it's has first playoff start. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That also. Yeah. Car- Carson Wentz never started a playoff game. Butterflies will be there for him, presumably. Um, and yeah, they have been beating up on the, you know, the ugly sisters of the poor and the Dallas Cowboys down the stretch here. They lost to the freaking Dolphins. I mean, obviously we were betting on the Patriots and they just lost to the Dolphins, but, uh, that aside, uh, it was an ugly loss to the Dolphins and it was a must win game. Uh, they looked pretty vulnerable at times against the Giants last week. Um, they were lucky to get that win against the Cowboys. So like the Cowboys coaching decisions and drops. Uh, kind of handed that game to the Eagles. Like this Eagles team is not doing it because they're good. <laughs> they're not doing it because they're making great calls. Like, you know, this isn't like the same kind of magical run we've seen from this team over the last couple of years where they were just uber talented. And it was only a matter of like, they just needed a little bit of break, you know, a couple of breaks. Uh, you know, like this is a team that is deplete of talent due to injuries. Um, that is not making great calls. The coaching has not been as good this year. Doug Peterson has taken an enormous step back in my um, you know, personal opinion of how well he is, you know, crafting uh, game plans and running, you know, in-game decision-making. And yeah, I think Philadelphia is vulnerable as hell in this spot. And I was shocked to see them open the favorite. I think all the line movement was correct. And I would still probably lay one and a half. I'm, I agree with you. But all that said, should still be a fun game. It's still on the road. There's still an air. Every, every freaking high leverage game for Philly in the link is an atmosphere. It's, you know, they feed off of it. The defensive, the defensive players play their best in the clutch there with that crowd behind them. So I'm not going to feel good about this one until there are zeros on the clock and Seattle is leading on the scoreboard. And we're in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect you know segue because you can bet on whether there'll be an overtime game. And as we have our prop buddy here, and we talked a little off air. A couple of the books are hanging some wild card weekend props. I don't remember what you said you liked. Yeah, there's only out. four games. We got to find some more action here, right? Yes, I know there, yeah. there were there were some like cross game props, most yardage receiving, you know, most rushing yards. I don't. Know, did you have anything you liked? I, I know you said it was kind of chalky, but you know what, chalk pays the same. I thought, you know what, there there was, I thought receiving yards, you know, Thomas being, being chalk was right and then tough to make a, a great case for somebody else. But one that I know, most passing yards, the threes at plus 150, um, I, I thought was too strong. And so you've got the rest of the crowd, you know, Cousins, Wilson at plus 500, Wentz, Brady at plus 600. Any thought to a, a Deshaun Watson plus 900? Um most passing yards wild card weekend. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to attack the Bills on the ground very much. Uh, you've got Will Fuller back. So like it's an explosive option. We talked about the splits earlier. Um, it's an indoor game. Uh, you know, but obviously it doesn't, it's not, you know, in the, the total range as, as some of the other games, but 
I think if Houston's going to be able to move the ball at all, um, it's going to be mostly Watson through the air. I don't mind a uh, you know a small place on, uh, on Watson nine to one there. What do you guys think? Yeah, that, that checks out. Watson, yeah. and you know he's got a he's got a good playoff start under him. He's at home. Like these are good things. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he should be you know longer than Tannehill Cousins wins. I agree. I think he should be more in that four or five to one range. I, you know, the breeze, you got to make Breeze the the favorite, yep. I suppose, just because of the matchup and the the receiver he has. But playing indoors doesn't hurt yeah. either. Plus one fifty is pretty shitty. That doesn't. I like. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you're gonna bet that, just bet Thomas most receiving yards because the. Oof. Yeah. No, I agree. I hundred percent agree. Where if he's gonna be, if Breeze is gonna have the most, it's mo- the vast majority of that cut's gonna be Thomas. Um, and then uh, if that's the the chalk one to play, that is it. The other one, most rushing, um, Derrick Henry strong chalk at plus 160, which I don't agree with at all. A couple of sprinkles where you've got Devin Singletary, who's taken over. They've kind of like completely phased out Frank Gore finally at Singletary at plus 700 <laughs> against uh, a Houston <laughs> rush defense that is a little creaky at times. Um, and even Sony Michelle, we talked about the – the Patriots offense not being able, you know, how are they going to attack the Titans? They're probably going to try and mash them on the ground if they can. And that means Michelle getting, you know, upwards of 20 plus, even though he's not an explosive player, he's still, if they're winning, he's probably going to get 20 plus carries. So I don't mind a, uh, a single Terry plus 700 and a Sony plus 700 most rushing wild card weekend. What's uh Dalvin cook's number three to one, four to one cook plus, plus yeah, three, I got a plus three fifty. That's kind of, that's kind of, Tasty on that on that fast track, this high scoring potentially, you know, high scoring game potentially. Yep. Yeah, they never go away from him, even if they're down. No, I think there's a ton uh, of value with Henry being such strong chalk um, uh, going up against the tough Patriots rush defense. So to me, I, I think there's a you could kind of spray the board uh, at a couple of different places um, and, and come out all right with a nice plus EV uh, prop bet there. Mm. I I, like I almost got a little squirrely and bet Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> What's his number? His number's like 20 to one because he, he rips off one of those long runs and the, the offense isn't working. All of a sudden he's scrambling. Like he's, yeah, he's had a couple. You need, of, I mean, it, tw- you need better than 20 to one. What's his most, his highest uh, ever NFL I know, uh, rushing I know. totals. I got, I, got, I got overexcited. It's like 50 yards. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's still, like, like, yeah, there's uh there is value to be had in that market for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. The rest of them feel just kind of gimmicky. Like how many defensive and special teams touchdowns? I mean, maybe you can talk about that. You know, just the way we talk about when we go through a full slate and we start crossing off games because it's like these numbers look fright. I mean, when you when you start looking at these props and they pop 15 props at you, I mean, are there some where you're just like, this is this is just a shitty prop? where there's not a really good way to handicap and it's like betting on the coin flip. Mm. No, that's mm. a great way to phrase it. It's just to me, you know, I usually some of these are like bet online, Bovada and stuff will post uh, like a, usually a full weekly slate of a bunch of those type of, and like you said, there, there's just ones where the second you go into it, you, you just sift through it. Don't even pay attention to it. Um, like, you know, how many, um, like how many field goals will be scored? You know, that, those are ones there. When you're talking about, 
four games in the variance, unless you're you've got a real fear. How many safeties, you know, am I going to lay minus 500 on zero? No, you know, even though it, does that bet probably have some value? Yes, that but, might. you know, am I going to lay minus 500 <laughs> on four games? No safeties, though. So those where, you know, you can click on the page and there might be 15 bets and only, you know, two over three of them that I'm really going to spend any time on and try and cap out um, to see if I can get a little value. Of all the rest of the page, I'm you know, if I was going to take, if there's a total point scored, um, I would lean towards these games, you know, in feeling uh, a little bit more towards the under at current prices. Um, so there's, you can take a grand salami total point scored under 180 and a half, um, which I could see there being a game this weekend of like, you know, if, uh, Buffalo, Houston or uh, Tennessee, New England or Seattle, Philly. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see like a, like a 14-10. Um, mm. And then you're buying yourself a ton of margin in the rest mm. of the games. I, I could see a 14-10 a lot more than I could see like a 40, 40 31 yeah. Yes. So yeah. if I was going to take uh, another prop on that page, um, the wild card grand salami under 180 and a half would be, you know, like it's just a, you know, hundred bucks or something that you can throw down small to have a little more action. I do like I a dig grand, it. I like a grand salami. You don't hey. usually see those because you know you have so many games. Do they, yeah, I don't. I don't look at this page every week. Do they have that on regular weeks? Like some they freaking, have. You know, they'll have, but like on a you know what I'm saying, like a 16 game slate, they'll yeah, have like too much variance, you know, over so. under point score. You know what I'm saying, like 300. Saying you're you're really just you know playing Keno at that point of how many <laughs> you know if you want to sure. take your projected total of every game and add it up. But um, on this week, when you can get a little bit smaller slate, and you know in three of the four games, I'd probably have a current lean to the under. Um, I think one, especially you know playoff that a little lower scoring, so. To me, um, a one eighty and a half under for total points is is it's a decent bet. I think there's a little value there. Mm, okay. Yeah, Andy. everything everything steamed up, didn't it? Yeah, every, everything, all of them went up. Yeah, yep. I mean the Seattle um, total yep. kind of just sat put, but the other one steamed up like a, a total of like ten points. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there probably is a little. I might bet that. I like that too. That's a great look. I appreciate you bringing that up. That was fun. Uh, by the way, Josh Allen game lock last year. Down the stretch, he was like a hundred yard game rusher. He didn't do it this year. It was a little different this, this year. This year he didn't really, but last year, like it's there. Like if 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 shit's going sideways, he's running. He had 135 yards rushing against the Dolphins in week 13. Followed that up with 101, week 14, week 17, he had 95, week 12, he had 99. Like he four times last year down the home stretch, uh, he was getting going with his legs. That's not crazy, twenty to one, <laughs> and it sucks because it's the first game where he's gonna he's gonna put down like one hundred and twenty yards, and then you're gonna watch Derrick Henry break like a meaningless a meaningless run, losing by three <laughs> touchdowns for like ninety. Is that a lot? Derrick oh, Henry has more you know meaningless like eighty yard touchdowns. And you know what? Spread. You bring up a great point. The reason that I kind of like you're over in that Pats game, there's gonna be garbage points in that thing. There will be, you know, because not only they're going to score garbage points, they're also going to have like a three and out on their 20, you know, like they're, they're going to, they're going to, there's going to be fourth quarter points in that one. Joey, don't take that live under or second half under in that past (laughs) one. There's, there's going to be, there's going to be a screwy fourth quarter, like 21, 14. That's going to be stupid. Um, Okay. Uh, Well, that was fantastically fun as hoped. Um, any final thoughts as we head into the, uh, into the sunset here? Do you got a Super Bowl prediction you want to lay on the people? You got to you know, st- plant your flag on a specific matchup or a specific team that you're the fondest of right now? 
If I, you know what, I look when when the games were playing out that last weekend, um, and you saw the Dolphins, I was frantically, frantically talking to people in Vegas and Jersey and pulling up every browser I have looking to steal a stale Chiefs future since they were getting into the two seed. Sure. I couldn't find one. Um, but I, if I'm going to do bold prediction, it's Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I think the defense is playing at the best level. They can play aggressive. They've got to style. Love Mahomes second, you know, the second year uh, full-time starting and gotten the team. But to me, they're healthy now. If, of all the playoff teams, I think Baltimore is pretty bad. Those two teams have really haven't, you know, the Chiefs were nicked up at a number of, of positions throughout the year, um, but they've kind of got the full slate of weapons back together along with the defense playing pretty, you know, their best football in a long time. So for me, Chiefs Super Bowl, I wasn't able to catch a stale future on it. Um, now the prices are a little short, but but if I'm going to, you know, call a Super Bowl champ, uh, I would be Kansas City. That's not the that's not the Uncle Kinnish I know. If you miss the future, you usually go full spiteful. You want you want them to go out in in flames, right? <laughs> this is this is too friendly. This is too nice. I'm we trying nice to be a bigger we man nice... now. Well, I've I've matured. I'm being, you know this is a professional Kinnish. I'm trying not to be kicked off this podcast too. White collar Kinnish. Okay, yeah, this is a white collar positive. Positive Rob has made its way into Joey's blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corporate too much is you know corporate positivity is rubbing mm-hmm. off on people. Corporate Joey and positive Rob on. <laughs> Tune into the deeper day. Where can they find? the deeper dive podcast i can't remember i did oh, yeah, i was gonna say if we can get the uh the deeper dive going here a little competition for you guys coming up here so yeah, 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 uh, yeah rob stopped doing his periscopes and we can well, go head to head serious, That's why serious we don't question. do a morning periscope we can't compete with canada serious question <laughs> yeah. serious question real quick what kind of line do you think we see in that uh, chiefs ravens i i think you'd see uh you know, be one of those that probably opens around the three, but you know, maybe gets down under. I, I think you'd see some uh, some chief side as that they would because um, the way the bracket would they play New England the week before. Who um, I assume in the Pats win this weekend, mm-hmm. and then yeah, if you've yeah, got yeah, we'll that, yeah. if you've got that victory, I think that um, you know the market weights that a little much if they're able to to kind of take out New England. Um, and then I think you'd see, you know, like Ryan, you couldn't see much on the side of three either way. Um, but that'd be a game that, that I'd be definitely looking uh, to buy on Kansas City at three or above, assuming things are, you know, if they were playing like this week, all things being even. Um, I think Kansas City would be a decent play for me there. Mm, I think we're going to see a bigger number than three. You think it'll be above three? Um, you think it'll uh, be three it, and a half, four? The only the only way you see a three is if Kansas City just unleashes holy hell on the Patriots and uh, Baltimore squeaks. Which would be awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's going to be like more like four and a half, five, six, maybe. Yeah, well, that'd be my guess. I dig it. This um, is solid. I'm yeah. Pumped. Incredible. Very pumped fun. for this weekend now. Appreciate your time. Know you're a busy man. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Best of luck this wild card weekend. Where can people find you? Absolutely. At uh, Joey Kinish22 on Twitter. Uh, I'm a He's uh, The cake's coming hard and hot. Uh, you see that in a couple of bit. But it was great to be back here on the deep dive with UD Jens. Uh, I figure I'll talk to you guys around draft season. Uh, we'll do one of those yeah, again. Nice. But great to talk to men about wildcard football. Uh, best of luck this weekend, gentlemen. Oh, so good. All right. Keep up the great work. Talk to you guys.